host, Adam Hoffberg, and I'm joined now by the team from Objective Zero. Welcome, Justin and Chris. Hey, thank you for having us. Appreciate yeah, thanks so much for having us. This is great. Great. Well, we're so uh, grateful to have you guys on the show. Maybe we'll just uh, jump in with some introductions and let you all tell us a little bit about yourself and where you came from, what you do, and, and why you're here today at the VA Suicide Prevention Conference. All right. So where this all started, I served a little over 11 years in the infantry, um, two deployments. I was medically retired in 2014. That was August of 14, and by Thanksgiving of 14, I, I hit rock bottom. I felt like I had nobody to talk to. I felt like I was a failure. Just was felt like I was alone. And when I finally did reach out for help, I was put on hold and scheduled an appointment for two days later which just sucked the life out of me because I'm like, man, the one organization that's supposed to be there for me, I felt like failed. Thank God, seconds later, um, I received a text message from Chris that said, you know, hey, he's like, I got this, this thing going on at school for my master's. If you'd like to participate, give me a call. So called him up, and that phone call ended up lasting about six hours. He could hear the difference in my voice, um, and he just, he's like, hey, man, I hate to ask this, but are you thinking about killing yourself? And I was so dead at the time, and I just laughed. And I was, yeah. As a matter of fact, if my gum was loaded this morning, I wouldn't even be having this conversation. And that's when he kind of took my mindset and took me from feeling sorry for myself, feeling like I failed, feeling like I was broken, feeling like that I was, you know, shoved to the side. And he kind of turned that outlook and was like, you know, look, the VA is not paying you. Look at that as a way of... You know, they're paying you to take care of your brothers and sisters. He's like, your story is powerful. Your story is going to save lives. And I, like always, procrastinated. You know, I didn't think I had a story. And then, you know, one day I was in church and just looking for an answer. And I heard clear as day, you know, quit feeling sorry for yourself. I look at everything that I've pulled you through. What good is it to have an answer to a secret if you keep it a secret? Share your pain and your struggles with others to give them hope and the power to push forward. And that's when I was like, well, crap, I'm not going to go home and write my story. No more, no more procrastinating on that. And, and, you know, Chris took my chicken scratch and turned it into a piece that has been read thousands of times now. It's been republished every year um, on Strategy Bridge and Medium.com. And it has just grown, you know, Chris was right, I had a story to tell him, and I was going to save lives. But he's been the main push. He's the one that's just kept reminding me that, hey, we're doing something big. You know, we're doing something bigger than us. And your story, like I told you before, he said your story's going to save lives. And now after months of dealing with this, I'm realizing that he's right. You know, the hardest part that you live through is what's going to save somebody else help heal others, you know, through your healing. Share your deepest, darkest secrets. Don't hold on to them. It don't do any good. If you're holding on to it, it's, it's got power on you. When you talk about it, guess what? You've just released all that. You just said, hey, you know, it don't hurt me anymore. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed about that because I now realize that everybody has struggles. People of all walks of the world are committing suicide. They feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed about it. They feel like it's something that they should hide. Well, that's what's killing us. Quit hiding it. Talk about it. We are the only ones that's going to make a difference. So 
as we are today. You know, the VA has finally picked us up, and now we're just rolling with it. Um, yeah, I think the, if you don't mind me jumping in, yeah, the, the original idea for Objective Zero really came from that, that phone conversation that Justin and I had. It was, you know, kind of in the fall of my first semester at, at Georgetown University. And, you know, after we published Justin's, Justin's story, we had such tremendous, you know, outreach, you know, people reaching out to Justin and letting him know that his story had inspired them and, you know, had made a difference in their lives. And we realized that we had an opportunity to, you know, kind of replicate that call between Justin and I at scale, right? Mm. And we wanted to use technology as that, as that medium. And so we decided to, you know, use a mobile app that would connect, you know, the military community to, you know, nationwide and global peer support instantly and anonymously. And so what we did is we created the Objective Zero Foundation, which is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit organization. Currently, we're an all-volunteer force, so no one gets paid anything. And what we've done is we've, you know, created a mobile application that's free for download on both Apple and Android. So you can download it for free on, you know, you know the Apple App Store or Google Play. And it's also free to use. And what it does is it connects an individual, whether that's a you know active duty service member or a guardsman, reservist, uh, veteran like Justin, you know, or even someone in, in a military family or a military caregiver to instant and anonymous peer support through voice, video, or text messaging, you know, in order to replicate that call. And I think what's really neat about it is that you know a user can actually filter who they speak to. So if you know, you're like me, who is an active duty service member, and you want to speak to another active duty service member, you have that, that flexibility, you know, or if you know, you're like Justin, you're an infantryman, and you want to speak to another infantryman, you have that ability. You know, we have filters that allow you to filter through campaigns, served, branch of service, gender, proximity. And I think those filters are very powerful because it allows you to make the most meaningful connection possible, which is unlike anything that's out there right now. And then, like Justin mentioned, you know, we're really, really grateful to the Department of Veterans Affairs for recently signing an MOU with us. You know, we are now a community partner of the, of the VA, which has been extremely powerful. Uh, that partnership has helped us tremendously. And, you know, we're really grateful to be able to give back to the VA, you know, anonymized data, which, you know, just talks about, you know, how many downloads we have, how many people are accessing VA services through the app. But you know, the partnership with the VA has been extremely powerful. So we're, we're really grateful for that opportunity. Mm, thank you. And thank you, Justin, for, for sharing your story, because I really do think it brings it to that level where we can we can make meaning out of that. And it's, it's so fascinating to me that, you know, you took, you know, your guys's interaction and said, how can we bring this to scale? And I love, you know, the power of technology and, and assisting with that. So take us through a little bit more like the roots of of how you went from, you know, you two had a call to here we are today at the Suicide Prevention Conference. You guys have a table. You have kind of a lot going, and, and I'm really excited to, to hear where you are now. Well, at the time, like I said, I was going through Georgetown, and when we published Justin Miller's story, originally on Medium.com, the, the outreach was, was tremendous. And in fact, many of, the, many of my peers at Georgetown reached out to me specifically and said, hey, we don't know what we want to do, but we want to help. We want to be involved. Justin's story was so powerful, so inspirational. We know we, we want to do something. And one of them, a good friend of mine named Ryan, had an idea for a mobile application. Uh, his original idea was that it would be something kind of like Yelp, where you could see you know, your place on a map and kind of see what facilities and resources were around you. 
But over time, that idea really, you know, fleshed out that in a, in a moment of crisis or in a moment where someone needs help, you know, they don't really have the time to, you know, sort through all those resources. They just need peer support now. And that's what, where the idea behind it came from. And we spent about, what, a year or two, Justin, in, you know, doing research and, you know, kind of identifying, like, how we could go through this process. And I think it was, you know, January of 2017, we launched a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter. Christmas. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was Christmas. Christmas Day. And Christmas our, Day, our, you're right. Our thing was, you know, give the gift of life. Donate today to help us save somebody. That was hard. Yeah, that was <laughs> the most miserable 30 days of my life because you were so stressed. You either make it or you don't. I see, right. And we set our goal for 35000 because at the time we were told between sixty and 100000 What was that? what it was going to cost for our app. So they said, you know, if you come to us with, you know, $35,000, you know, we'll take 30 of it as a down payment and start building this app. And then we'll allow you guys the rest of the time to continue um, building this. And then if you don't make your numbers for some reason, then, you know, we'll write off the rest of it and we'll work with you to, to make this happen. It really came down to the wire, too. I mean, I think we had days, days left. Uh, we were... I think probably about five or ten thousand dollars short, if I'm not mistaken. And in the final days, we came through. Ended up pulling out uh, thirty-eight thousand dollars in a month. We met our goal, and then we started the, pro- the development process. And it took us um, a year, a, a year of development. In December of 2017, the you know the, we called it the MVP, minimally viable product. The mm-hmm. core functionality of the app was released. And since then, we've just continually been in a process of improvement, you know, identifying new features, new integrations, new capabilities that we want to release. Uh, and, you know, we kind of go through these rounds of fundraising and then, you know, releasing those updates and new integrations and new features. Nice. I, I want to kind of start from the, the name. I, I'm, you know, it's really struck me and it's very powerful. Objective Zero. And I just was curious. What was the inspiration or story behind that? And, and, you know, did you land on that right away or that took a few iterations? Um, the funny thing is, is Chris, Ryan, and myself were on the phone. We're like, hey, you know, what can we... We're throwing all these names out, just coming up to everything, and, and Chris goes silent. And he said, how about Objective Zero? And I was like, I, I said, that has a ring to it. He goes, because, you know, he goes, our objective is zero suicides. And we have committed our lives to fighting for our country, for our veterans that was willing to give everything for this country. We've committed the rest of our lives to make sure that there's something out there, that there's somebody in their corner fighting for them to make it. So, yeah, objective zero. They're like, dang, that's we'll stop this when we're at zero suicides. And that's our goal. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, Chris came up with that, and and then Oz. My thing is like Oz, the world of the unknown. You know, that's what the and here we are. We're unknown. We've stepped out in the you know uncomfortable zone. You got to step out of your comfort zone to make stuff happen. You got to be vulnerable. You got to be willing to be embarrassed. Be you know whatever, laughed at, dumped it out. Right. But once you release it, oh my God, the healing, the the sense of relief when you have somebody come up to you crying their eyes out saying you know what the last seven to ten days i struggled getting out of bed but after i heard your story you know what you lit my fire and you gave me hope and we're gonna i'm jumping on your team and we're gonna make a freaking difference and uh said man i was 
fact we're here and I'm so pumped. Right on. Yeah, I can feel that energy. I mean, I know, listeners, you're not in the room with us right now, but, you know, we got these two guys here. You guys are wearing your nice blue Objective Zero, and, you know, there is some real enthusiasm, some real momentum here, and I'm super excited to kind of catch a little piece of it. Yeah, we during this time that we were starting all this, the VA and the government was being pointed at. Oh, what are you doing? You're failing. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And we're like, you know, what good is it doing pointing fingers and blaming somebody else? Guess what? Us as a nation sent us to war. Us as a nation needs to come together and heal. You know, don't point fingers. It doesn't do any good. Say, hey, what can I do to help alleviate some of your pain, some of your issues and struggles to make your life easier. Guess what? The suicide hotline was struggling. Now we have made a virtual suicide hotline, basically. We consider ourselves a warm line, you know, because we're not trained professionals to deal with that. But we're there to listen, and we decided that we're done pointing fingers. We decided we're going to step up and do something. If we want to see a difference in our nation and our country, we have to do something. We can't rely on somebody else. Uh, so... Yeah, done to, pointing fingers, man. It's, yeah, exactly. To your point, Justin, if you don't mind me yeah, piggybacking on that, because I, I get passionate about this, This because we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. you know, there's over 20 million veterans in the U.S. right now, of which I think around you know, 9 million, 7 to 9 million are you know, in the VA's care. So the VA, you, you, know, you pointed out, they, they kind of get, you know, get a bad, um, kind of a bad shake, right? Because it's an enormous organization. Mm-hmm. And even if they get it right, 99% of the time, you know, What's going to be broadcast is that 1% of, you know, maybe less, you know, suboptimal experiences. It doesn't matter that they got it right 99% of the time, because if, if everyone is only looking at that 1%, then that's, that's the news it's going to carry. And, you know, the VA, I think, is doing a tremendous job. And I think that that's, you know, that's shown in the evidence and in the data in terms of, you know, fewer veterans die by suicide or die by their own hand. Who are in you know enrolled in VHA or you know Veterans Administration healthcare than are outside of it, right? So the data is there, uh, and I think you're right that there's there's no point in pointing fingers. You know what we really need to do is come together as a nation. Uh, we have a collective responsibility to carry that burden of war and warfare, and you know when we bring our veterans and service members back home. We need to carry that burden along with them, and we can't just pass that off. We have a moral responsibility to carry it along with them. So uh, that that one always, whenever we talk about that, I always like it jumps out at me. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, you know, to put it in terms for you know our active duty people that are listening, you know, or even our veterans, the VA is like having that superstar stud, three hundred, forty out of forty kicking in doors, taking names, known by the battalion. But then he goes and he gets a DUI. Guess what? Now he's a piece of crap. But are you really a piece of crap or did you just make a mistake? Everybody wants to point fingers at the mistake. They don't care about what you did yesterday. It's what you did today. And unfortunately, that's what happens to the VA. You know, you're going to have your bad apples. It happens. But most of them want to make a difference. As an organization, they're killing it. I mean, look how many people they got to take care of. That's a lot. You know, now the 20 a day that are killing themselves, 14 of them haven't been seen in the system in the last two years. Yeah, people don't want to trust the VA because guess what? We talk crap about the VA. But if we start talking about the good things the VA are doing and forgive the mistakes, and you know what? People might start trusting the VA and be willing to go back. 
um, and give it a shot or find out that they actually qualify. A lot of them don't even think they deserve it because, oh, I never went to combat. Oh, I never did this. You know what? You served your country. You know, there's 327 million Americans in this country, and right now we got 1.3 million. That's a third of a per- less than a third of a percent that had the guts to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to do what everybody else doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think too, you know, we, we talk about that 14, you know, out, out of those 20 aren't enrolled in, you know, VA services. A big, big part of the problem is that many of the veterans in the U.S. are actually rural. You know, they, they don't live very close to VA facilities, and sometimes it's difficult for them to actually have access to care. And I think that's where, you know, nonprofit organizations just like Objective Zero can come in and help bridge that gap and connect, you know, veterans to care, whether that's to peer support or to higher levels of care, you know, because we have a national reach. We have, you know, right now over a thousand, we have trained over a thousand peer support ambassadors in all 50 states, but we also have them around the world as well. We have them in 15 countries around the world. And, you know, what we can do and what other nonprofit organizations can do as well is help the VA to reach those and penetrate into those rural communities where they don't traditionally have uh, reach. Absolutely. So, yeah, you guys touched on such great points there. I want to circle back to a couple of them. One was just your peer support model and how how does that build into sort of veteran and military culture and the supporting each other and having each other's backs and you know how does that piece of your model kind of help make it the success that it is. So maybe we'll start there. I, I, I like to go back to some of the, the, the writing of Victor Frankel. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but you know he talks a lot about meaningful purpose and meaningful relationships. And, you know, when we were in, you know, the Army together, Justin and I were part of 212 Infantry. And we deployed to one of the most dangerous, you know, places on Earth at the time. We were in, you know, Baghdad, Iraq, during the height of uh, General Petraeus' surge of troops in Iraq. So from 2006 to 2008, certainly one of the most dangerous places in the world at that time. And, you know, together, you know, we were part of something much larger and much more important than ourselves. And as a team, as a unit, we were able to accomplish some really tremendous feats, you know, bringing security, law and order back to, you know, the lawless lands of Dora and central Baghdad. Very, very dangerous deployment. And it created some extremely powerful bonds between, you know, us specifically, but just within the unit generally. And, you know, I think that's true of any service member and any veteran, you know, of the military. When you're a part uh, of a unit like that and you're contributing and you're serving something much more important than yourself, you build these meaningful bonds, these meaningful relationships, and you're part of something larger than yourself. So you've got that meaningful purpose. And when you leave the military, oftentimes those bonds are severed and you're no longer part of that that higher purpose. You're now on the outside. You kind of lose connection. I think some folks have called it losing connection to your tribe. And I think what's really neat about Objective Zero is we're trying to restore that social connectedness, reconnect veterans with each other, and restore that meaningful purpose by allowing them to serve as a peer support ambassador. So our app actually works on a dual persona kind of model where you can get support or give support. And you know, that kind of reflects what we go through on kind of a day-to-day basis where some days maybe you, you know, you're really struggling and you know, you're kind of in a hole and you need someone who's been in that hole before to climb down in there with you and talk to you and help pull you out. Or maybe on other days you're doing really well and you happen to walk by someone who's in a hole and you can reach down and you know, help them out of that hole. 
And, you know, I think that that's how, at least how I see it anyways, the app really kind of, you know, capitalizes on pure support because by, you know, connecting with someone who's been where you've been, seen what you've seen, done what you've done, they can really relate and connect. That's, that's how it really, you know, I think for me, capitalizes on peer support. We hear all the time, thank you for your service. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. And it's just become a normal line to throw out there because it's the right thing to do. But we went a step ahead and stuff. instead of you just saying thank you for your service, we're giving you the opportunity to say, hey, let's talk about your service. Mm. Tell me about it. What's going on right now that makes you think you don't need to be here? What makes you think that your kids don't need you, that your wife doesn't need you? You know, we, we just wanted to give everybody the opportunity to, to make a difference, to go above and beyond, do something bigger than yourself, because you know, that's one of people's biggest regrets on their deathbed. I don't think I did enough. Mm. Well, you know, this is an opportunity to to do something, to make a difference. You think about the generations we're affecting. A lot of people don't talk about this, but if a service member commits suicide, their their children are 300 times more likely to commit suicide. Think about that now. We're losing over 7,000 a year now. What are we going to be losing in the next 5, 10, 15 years? Mm-hmm. You know? So when you're actually reaching out on that phone to talk to this person or you're answering that phone, you're not only saving that person's life, but you're protecting their kids, their wives, their parents, their brothers or sisters, and everybody they've served with. You just kept all of them and gave them hope because it doesn't get easier. Every time you lose a friend, that's one less person that you can talk to that's lived and tasted the same thing that you have. We need to stick together. Day one, they're taught, have each other six. That's, that's what they pound in your head all the time. How come it stops when we get out? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny you say that, too, because I was thinking about that. And in, today at the DOD VA Suicide Prevention Conference this morning, you and I both sat through that introduction by Preston Sharp, the the young man. Just, uh, like, I was, I'm glad that I was kind of off on the sidelines. No one could see me. There's no cameras on me because I was like, <laughs> as he was talking. But uh, he, he said something, and it just stuck with me, and I wrote it down as a quote. You know, Preston said, I love meeting new veterans and hearing their stories. Their stories are so amazing. I don't want them to be forgotten, right? And that just—I mean—it just resonated with me. And the whole—the whole conference here this week, you know, it's they say hashtag be there, right? And you know, whether it's Objective Zero, whether you're with the VA, whether you're with one of these other nonprofit organizations, we're all here together so that we can be there, right? And that's why it's so important, I think, for people to you know be ambassadors on our network so they can be there, so they can hear those stories like Preston was talking about, so they can share those stories and so that they can make sure that our veterans are never forgotten. Because whether it's you know Memorial Day or Veterans Day, we shouldn't have just two days a year where we're thinking about our service members and our veterans. Every day is Memorial Day. Every day is Veterans Day. We should be thinking about and taking care of our veterans and service members every day. Yeah, absolutely. Just real quick about this kid, 12 years old. <laughs> He has put over 220,000 flags and flowers on veterans' headstones. And he said, you know what? Every time I go there and put one, he goes, I say their name out loud. I want to say it so I don't forget it. I want to keep them alive. If we don't say their names, they die. 
it's our jobs to keep them alive. So the fact that a kid's 12 years old and he's been doing this 220,000, that makes me feel like I'm, I'm sucking. <laughs> I'm 35 and I haven't done 220,000 of anything except for maybe push-ups. <laughs> but, yeah. well, you know... Well, we're all doing our part and contributing yeah. to this bigger picture, which I think it's, like you mentioned, like when everyone comes together in these conferences, you start to see it take shape a little bit more because here I am in healthcare, here you guys are there, and it's, it takes the whole, you know, the whole network to really make a difference. So as we kind of start to wind down, I know we began with Justin's really powerful story. I wonder if there's a story of, with the app, as somebody who kind of came to Objective Zero and, you know, something positive happened something changed and and where did they go from there and what what can you share with us yeah that's a, a great question we actually have uh, many different stories that we could share i could talk about you know a good friend of mine is an ambassador on the app he's in seattle and he actually had a, a homeless veteran reach out to him for help and that homeless veteran you know he he was unemployed uh, his wife had left him he didn't have a place to stay didn't have anything to eat and our Objective Zero ambassador, my friend, was able to actually connect with him, help get him into a shelter, help connect him to, you know, you know, survival, subsistence living, got some food, and then later continued to build that relationship, helped him get employment, and then, you know, kind of maintain that connection over time. And, and to this day, they still remain connected. And, you know, that's, a, you know, just a friend of mine. And then I personally actually had, and I found out later that it was one of my former soldiers, but had reached out to me through the app. I didn't know he was one of my soldiers at the time, but he was struggling with his own transition out of the military. He was unemployed, addicted to alcohol. Wife was about to leave him. Just didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do, and wanted someone to talk to. And, you know, over the course of probably about three months, you know, we remained connected. Eventually, I was able to help get him enrolled into uh, an alcohol treatment facility, you know, kind of a program to deal with his addiction to alcohol. I stayed in contact with him after he was released, helped him get employment. And, you know, to this day, he remains healthy, happy, still with his family. Family unit unit is still connected. Uh, And we get stories like that kind of all the time that come up to our ambassadors and that they share with us, you know, so... We, you know, when, when, when we deal with nonprofit organizations, oftentimes we, we get asked to talk about impact. How many lives have you saved? You know, how many connections have you made? And, you know, as an organization, sometimes we struggle with, with communicating our impact. Now, we have phenomenal stories, you know, like that homeless veteran in Seattle who was connected to an ambassador and was saved, or my own experience with uh, one of my former soldiers reaching out to me through the app. Those are harder to communicate because they're not, you know, raw numbers. They're not, you know, quantifiable data that we can, you know, put up and say, you know, we've saved X number of lives in a given month. It's much, much more difficult. Mm -hmm. But when we started this, you know, we said if we save even one life and only one life, it will have all been worth it. And, you know, today I can honestly say that we know, you know, for a fact we've saved dozens and dozens of lives of active duty service members, reservists and guardsmen, veterans. And, you know, we continue to press on every single day. And for me, just being a part of this, I think is so incredible just to be a part of such an amazing team and, and you know, give back to the community. It's very powerful, very meaningful. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. One of my favorite stories, she's actually a very good friend of mine. And she worked the at the hospital there on Fort Stewart. And she... I had a phone call from a female who was struggling. I don't know all the details. 
However, she walked out of her house with her daughter in the house and her mom there, keeping on her, walked down the street and shot herself. My friend, she felt like she it was her fault. All that pressure was on her. She felt like she failed. She just, and she struggled every day since. And then when she saw what we had going on, she's like, oh man, this is, if I can do this, you know, if this was here, she might have still been here. So she became an ambassador. And then she's like, hey, you know, I'm not getting any messages. You know, I haven't been reached out to yet. I said, you know, let it go. Just let it take its, its course. You know, eventually something will happen. Then all of a sudden I get a call from her. She goes, you're not going to believe this. She goes, I had two calls this morning, two different people that are struggling, that were ready to kill themselves and end it. And she goes, and after that call, I asked them how they were feeling. They said, you know what, I feel great. I feel lifted. I feel new because I finally dumped all this crap to somebody who listened and didn't judge me. I had no words about it. She said, you know what? She goes, I've always wondered if I was going to ever make a difference or make up for that failure. And she goes, and finally today, after I was able to save two lives, she goes, that gave me the comfort. And I now know that I'm making a difference. And this is my way of giving back and keeping her alive. She's like, because you know what? I'm going to do this the rest of my life for her. Mm. So some of the stories have just been crazy man it's been such a cool ride yeah yeah thank you thank you both for sharing that and and you know you know i had little goosebumps on my arm because you know that's real and that's what helps especially listeners who may have you know walked into this episode not knowing what objective zero is to go into that level where you're like i get it like this is filling a huge gap and and we're saving lives here so I'm, i'm really happy for the for you guys for the work you're doing before we let you go, can you kind of let folks know how they can get involved if maybe, A, they want to become an ambassador or become part of this network? And also just, you know, if listeners want to, if they're clinicians, they want to help uh, make sure their clients have the resource at their fingertips, where can folks go to learn more? Absolutely. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to our website, which is www.objectivezero.org. If you want to become an ambassador, you can you know access it through uh, Google Play or Apple's App Store. All you need to do is search for Objective Zero, and then you can find us on the web at, you know, on Twitter at Zero Vet Suicides or Objective Zero app on Facebook. Just do a search. When you download the app, all you have to do is, you know, complete your your baseline training, which is provided by the VA. It's called Operation Save. There's a video that you can watch. You know, it's gateway training and, you know, kind of we provide to all of our ambassadors. Once you're complete with that uh, video, you then take a short quiz And once you've completed the quiz, you're then certified to be an ambassador and you can access additional training within the app provided through our partnership with PsychArmor. And at that point, you're available to take a call. You just set your settings, your availability, and we'd be grateful for any help or support we can get new ambassadors and users. Yeah. You know, one, one cool thing about our app is it is completely customized. You know, you can get on there and say, hey... I hate talking to people. I hate doing video chats, but I'll text all day long. So you can put on there, hey, from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., I'm awake. I'm willing to respond to text. So then you are only there available for text. You know, it's uh, becoming an ambassador doesn't even mean that you're going to be answering the phones. An ambassador is just somebody who gives a crap, somebody who is going to take some extra time, whether it's 
help us raise funds to fix the app, whether it's help to spread the word, whether it's to go, you know, start fires on military bases by going and pointing at the general and saying, hey, you said you were <laughs> going to pass this down the chain. And guess what? There's nobody there. So what, what did you really do? You know, so that's what we need. We need people that are tired of burying their friends, tired of burying their sons and their daughters, and want to make a difference. If you've lost a friend, do it in their name. You know, keep them alive and share their stories with others. You know, that's how that's how it's gonna happen. We'll, we'll end on that.